Welcome. This is Karen Modakaitis, and you're listening to How She Really Does It, the place where inspiration and possibility meet. Hello, hello, my friend. What is happening? It's a new year, a new decade. Holy moly. 2020, here we are. Are you ready for us? So I'm thinking about 2020, and I'm thinking about who I am and how I've evolved over the last decade. And I'm looking forward to my continued involvement. Before we go any further, because we have a lot of new listeners to welcome to our community. Hello there. I want to real quickly do an introduction. I'm a master certified life and leadership coach, and I'm also trained as a daring way and dare to lead facilitator. And this is where I help my clients implement Dr. Brene Brown's research into their lives and their companies. And I love, love doing this work. So here's the thing. While I love to learn and grow, because I mean, come on, I've been doing the show since 2006. Yes, there's over 600 shows in the archive. So if you're bored, you can more than welcome to go and binge. I've interviewed lots of people on this show, including Brene Brown. So you can go back into the archives. There's a lot of great evergreen stuff. And then last few years, I've been doing these monologues. And so while I love to learn and grow, my superpower is implementation. And not only do I help my clients and you listeners to implement this knowledge here, but it also means, and this is really important to me, that I live what I teach, what I coach, what I speak about here and on stage. I live this stuff. I'm falling down. I'm rising back up. I've been figuring this stuff out. I started the show back in 2006, and this has been this one, I guess, chapter. There's many chapters in this show's life, but of my involvement that has been on a public forum. But I've always loved learning and growing and figuring things out and improving. And this show has been one of those platforms to help you take this information and incorporate it into your life. If you go back to the old shows, you'll hear me talk about the windows of possibility. If this is possible for them, what is possible for you? And really take that kind of curiosity and that knowledge and then apply it to your life. That's what this show is here for you. I work with high achievers who are successful on their path. And the way they become successful is they work harder, they grind it out, they do more, they beat themselves up in the process. And that's what got them to where they are. The problem is that it's not sustainable. And that's when they come to me. So my clients, they want to have a better integration because they want to do meaningful work that they love and have lives that they enjoy. And it doesn't have to be this either or. So often you hear about like, oh, I couldn't hack it in the corporate world. So I went and bought a farm. There's trials and tribulations of owning a farm. Everybody has the difficulties, the hardships, the disappointments that we're going to be talking about in their professions. And so it's about how do you move through them? How do you rise back up? And that's what this show has been about. So it doesn't have to be an either or. It can be a uh, what do I want it to do? How can I create it? What are the constraints? What are the choices that I'm going to make? So if this sounds like you, fantastic. 
continue listening and applying the nuggets of information from the show. And remember, it's the application that creates your transformation. I'm thrilled you're here with us and I look forward to hearing from you. And you're like, hmm, Corinne, how are you going to hear from me? I have a very simple solution, my friend. iTunes reviews, of course. So go to iTunes reviews. There's a link in the show notes. Click on it. You can leave an iTunes review. And we do shout outs here periodically on the show. And today's listener is from Canada. And this is Erit from Toronto. I love this part of Canada. And she says, I'm a fairly new listener, but I feel like I have benefited so much from listening to Corinne. Each podcast is unique, yet they all interrelate. Hearing the themes over and over again in different scenarios really helps to integrate them. The other day, I was starting to feel really down and I heard Corinne's voice in my head saying, do you want to feel good or do you just want to have a pity party? It helped. I will keep listening and recommending this. Well, thank you, Irit. And I want to say something about that comment because that is a total Corinne saying. And when I say something like that, that my friend is compassion because compassion has boundaries. So do you want to feel good or do you want to just have a pity party? There's compassion and there's empathy. Compassion has boundaries and empathy is perspective taking. Like, really, do you want to feel good or do you want to have a pity party? There's sometimes where I'm like, I just want to have a pity party. I want to indulge in this. I want to feel bad. I want to cry. I want to be upset. And I want to do that. That is okay. Just make it a deliberate choice. Something else that she said was hearing the themes over and over in different scenarios really helps to integrate them. If we want to get into this task list, this checklist of like, oh, one and done, boom, moved on. But that is not how learning occurs. Learning happens in its spiral learning. And when we practice, we practice, we practice. And we're going to fall down and we're going to learn and we're going to gather more insight. I am still learning. I am an avid learner. I have been learning for a long time and I implement and I practice and I get more insight and I have more understanding because that my friend is how we evolve. That is how we grow. So Arit, thank you so much. If you're a new listener or anyone else and you haven't left your iTunes review, go leave a review. Let me know about you. What do you love about this podcast? What has been your favorite learning? You know, how have you implemented this stuff and how has it changed your life? Okay, so today we're talking about disappointment as part of the process. And again, for those of you that are new, you're going to hear me talk about this organization called the Aqua Monsters. And it is, it is an organization that I love. My clients know this. I'm the executive director of this youth organization. And it's one of my greatest love stories and one of my probably biggest challenges in my life. But I love working with this group of kids and this community and the parents and the coaches. And it's how I practice my own leadership skills as well. And recently I was at a swim meet and it was a end of season meet. And so we're expecting to swim fast and it was a teen and she's young and I get really excited for our swimmers and it was a good meet. And I'm sitting in as a coach, whether I'm a life coach or a swim coach, I'm in the support section. So what does that mean? Is that I can see what you're capable of. And here's something that's really important is that at times, whether it's my athletes or my clients, if they can't believe in themselves for a period of time, I can believe in them for them until they can get that back for themselves. So that's a nice thing about having a coach. I can put my hand out and help them rise back up when they fall down because we're all going to fall down. 
And I will always go back to the drawing board to review what needs to be reworked, improved, changed for better performance or better outcomes. So in the support seats, I am on their team. So whether it's the athletes or the clients that I work with, I am on their team. So recently when I was at this meet, so if you understand swimming, you're going to understand this really well. If not, think about the Olympics. There's there's swim in the morning, we call it trials. And then the swim at night is called finals. At the Olympics, they have another thing called semifinals, which is also done at night. But we'll just keep it really simple, trials and finals. And so she raced and she had a really good race and she came over to talk to us. And I was just really excited for her. And with all this confidence, I was totally confident in her. I said to her, I'm like, tonight's done. You're going under. And she looked at me and the tears came out. Now, here's what I can't remember. I think what happened is she went and warmed down and eventually she came back. I don't really remember. But what's important is that when we circled back to this conversation and it was a circle back, I do know that. And I want to tell you that because sometimes we think we need to get all cleaned up in that moment. So I say something, she cries. On the outside, you could be like, Corinne, what did you do to make her cry? You said something, blah, blah, right? There was an emotion that showed up. I was the trigger. I did not make her feel something, but I was the trigger for a story in her head. And this part's really important that you follow with me. So when I circled back to her, we talked And I reminded her that I was there to support her. And then what she was able to finally share with me is that she was really afraid that if she didn't accomplish what I told her she was capable of, I would be disappointed in her. And that was such great information. Here she's a young teen and she's stepping up into this new role of being a leader and stepping more into who, you know, we've known she could become as a swimmer and who she's maybe been afraid to see. And I reminded her that she is not responsible for my feelings. The disappointment would come from a thought. I'm not disappointed in her. I said, there are times when she doesn't believe in herself and I'm trying to figure out how can we help her believe in herself. There may be a struggle in there, but I'm never disappointed, especially when she goes and she's, she's one hell of a racer. Especially when she goes and she races and lays it on the line. Or when I told her this, I said, the areas that I get frustrated is because sometimes she will ask for special exceptions away from the team that the team won't get, but she wants them to be. And I said, that's where it's frustrating because I have a belief that this shouldn't be happening. But so she was worried that I would be disappointed if she didn't make that time in the evening at finals. And I'm like, what's the worst thing that can happen? You don't make the time. It's okay. Then we get some more information. And remember, as a coach, it's my job to go back to the drawing board and review what needs to be reworked, improved, changed for better performance. Well, then the disappointment comes from a thought in her head. And this is really important because we believe that disappointment comes from the result, but it's not the result. It's from the thought. It's from what we make that result mean. And so she may make it mean of, see, it's not possible. I'm never going to make it to the next level of swimming. That's just a story. That's where the disappointment happens is from this story. It's usually a thought. Sometimes it's a phrase. So stick with me on this. Let's think about there's that phrase that's really famous, especially if you're in the US. Maybe those of you that listen from around the world may not know this one, but I kind of think you do. I don't know how it's interpreted, but there's this phrase that says, just do it. It's a phrase. It's not a full sentence. But that phrase was meant to dial up empowerment or confidence or determination. Those three words, just do it, comes with a brand, right? But those three words, sometimes it can be a long sentence. 
sometimes my clients like to make it a thesis. I'm like, what's the root sentence? What's the limiting belief? So a belief is a thought. A thought is a sentence or a phrase. It really comes down to something so simple. I used to have this limiting belief of I'm a loser or I'm a loser from loser street. All that I needed to do was believe that attached to it. And I would feel shame no matter what circumstance I may be in. And that would happen often when I would hit a really high watermark in success. Not a joke. I hit, I achieved a goal. I surpassed the goal that I'd wanted because I too am a high performer. And then all of a sudden I would go into shame because I'm like, I'm a loser from loser street because I can't sustain this. How am I going to keep this going? This was just a whim. I didn't actually do anything to have this. And I would have all these self-defeating thoughts that I believed and I would step into shame. And then I would want to hide away and run away and quit and give up and go have my pity party for myself. Does this sound familiar? So a thought is a sentence and it can be a phrase. And then the other part is that's really important for her to understand, which we worked on is that she is not responsible for my feelings because if our feelings come from our thoughts, it's not like she is giving me a thought. And because I can allow her to hold that space to, for her to cry and not get attached to it, I'm not attaching to her emotions. I'm allowing her to have that. So she's not responsible for my feelings. Now, how does this translate to you? One is you are not responsible for other people's feelings. I say this over and over. It's like what Arit was saying earlier. And I really, really want you to get this in your bones. And it's so counter culture, our programming and how, what we've been taught, especially if you're a woman. So you are not responsible for other people's feelings because their feelings come from the thoughts that they attach to, whether consciously or unconsciously. I unconsciously attach to the thought, I'm a loser, which dialed up the feeling of shame. That was very unconscious. And it took me a while to even realize it. Here's another story I have. A client of mine was getting a promotion and she's been really nervous. She's been afraid. And then what it came down to is she's afraid she'll be disappointed. Isn't it great? Like I have two different scenarios. One's a teenager and one's a middle-aged person, and they're both afraid of the same feeling. And remember, disappointment is a feeling state. It's a feeling. How often are you afraid of something? And really what you're afraid of is feelings. And it's a feeling that doesn't feel good. So she was worried about, well, what if things don't work out financially the way she wants, then she's going to be disappointed. So her way to deal with this was to not dream, to not think about it, to not dream about it, to not, you know, have any ideas about it and just stick her head in the sand, right? The other thing that she was concerned about was what if things didn't work out with her leadership, her being the leader, and then she'd be disappointed, So in her mind, what was happening was she was already willing to give up. And she's like, oh, see, it's already defeated. It's not going to be possible. People aren't buying in. She was dress rehearsing tragedy. And so she was creating all this extra dirty pain instead of understanding that being a leader is going to be really, really hard. I just saw Hamilton and George Washington talked about being a leader is way more difficult than going into battle. (laughs) right? Leading is hard. 
It is hard, my friend. You will feel disappointed if you are leading, if you're leading your life, if you're leading your company, if you're leading your team, if you're leading, you will feel disappointed. Know that it is part of the process. So she was so afraid of feeling disappointed that she limited both her ability to dream and be resourceful as well as her courage to lead, to learn, to grow, and then lead some more. And both of these stories are examples of how we are afraid of a feeling. And that feeling is disappointment. And remember, the most important thing is that disappointment is part of the process. When we challenge ourselves, when we grow, when we learn, we're going to feel all the feelings. And Brene Brown and her research, what she found out is if we try to dim the bad feelings, we dim the good feelings. So instead, understand and embrace that disappointment is part of the process. And both of these stories, while these females are decades apart in age, they're both high performers, but they're trying to sidestep disappointment. And instead, I invite you to embrace it, just like I invited them, embrace the disappointment as part of the process. And when they started to understanding that disappointment came from the thoughts that they had from the dress rehearsing tragedies, the concerns about disappointing other people and creating all these outcomes that were not favorable, that was creating already more pain before they even stepped into the process of achieving their goals, achieving their desires. The biggest disappointment that they both encountered was their own, their own feeling of disappointment. But here's the thing, with a growth mindset and an understanding of their feelings coming from their thoughts, they can actually use this negative feeling state to evolve and grow. That's where the growth mindset comes from. One can become a better swimmer and pursue a level of swimming she hasn't allowed herself to dream of and achieve those goals. And for my client, she can become a better leader who is willing to challenge herself and those that she leads so that they do the hard work to become better and more successful as a company, along with building a culture where the employees can thrive. We can be high performers without being overperformers. We can be high achievers without being overachievers. Most of my clients are overachievers though they wouldn't identify themselves with that because there's so much self-beatings that they have. But their go-to way is overwork, overdo because they have bought into the belief, especially the American belief, more is better instead of being really thoughtful about where does it matter? What is busyness and what is actual valuable work? So I invite you now, it's your turn to test it out. When you feel disappointed, what's the story you're telling yourself? And this is where the implementation part is. So you can either do this with me, you know, where you can hire me, or you can do this on the show and have a journal. Write it down. Here's your constraint. It must be one sentence or a phrase, but not longer than a sentence. And if you're not sure, like, oh, I don't know if that was the right one, because you probably have perfectionist tendencies, especially if you're drawn to this show, make sure write down a bunch, just bullet point them, just write them out, because it may take you 5, 10, 20 thoughts before you really get to that thought that is dialing up the feeling of disappointment, especially if you're new at this. It's okay. Embrace being a newbie. You've got this. Then after you've written them down, go back and review and test out each sentence or phrase 
And when you read it, read it aloud, notice your body. Do you feel disappointment? Now, if you were really good, like I used to be, I was a former athlete and I wasn't allowed to feel emotions growing up as a child. It was a survival technique, right? That my mother had taught me not with ill intentions. It was a survival technique that she had learned from being a war refugee, but it was like, don't feel your feelings. So between being an athlete and family of origin, I didn't know how to connect to my feelings. Remember how I said I've evolved and learned and grown? That is what I'm talking about. So keep practicing it. You're going to get better. Some of my clients, it takes them eight, nine, 10 months to really understand what they're feeling. It's okay. You're not doing it wrong. So when you review, test out each sentence or phrase, notice which one feels disappointment. And now that you know that, you know that thought, now you can remind yourself that it's the story that's creating this feeling. It's not just Corinne going over the airwaves in your ear telling you that your thoughts create your feelings, but you are actually creating that evidence for yourself. So then you remember that as you feel disappointment in your life, you remember it comes from a thought. And then the next thing you do is you remind yourself that disappointment is, of course, part of the process. We may not enjoy it. We may not want it to happen, but of course it's part of the process. So from here, you get to decide what you will do with it. Are you going to hide away? I'm really good at that. I love to hide away. It's one of my go-to strategies. Not effective, but it's one of my lifelong go-to strategies. Along with running away. Let me just run away. I'll just end this run away. Are you going to give up on your dreams and goals? How much longer do you really want to do that? It doesn't feel so good when we do that to ourselves. Or do you want to figure out what you can do better? Do you want to tweak what to do next? Are you willing to get back up and move forward? Are you committed to figuring it out? Are you committed to becoming better and taking massive action to get your desired results? So you get to decide when you feel that disappointment, which direction do you want to go? Which path do you want to go on? Do you want to give up on yourself or do you want to become the best version of you? So I'm going to circle back to that young swimmer of ours. How did her race go in finals? Well, she did it. She went under by an additional four seconds, right? She blew even what I thought she was capable of that night. That day, she dropped over nine seconds in one day, which was a huge drop. She kept telling us it's not possible. It's not possible. And we were able to help her stop believing that negative limiting belief. And then she blew her own mind. And she also won the event. And then here's the thing, my friend. There were tears after the race because as she got to the edge of that, she started to realize that there was so much more for her to grow and learn. And this feeling of disappointment was going to continue to want to show up and probably also the feeling of shame. And it was going to challenge her. And who is she going to become in the process? We think that when we hit high performance, it's ecstatic and it's amazing and it can be. And also, as we're learning this, it can be very discombobulating as well. And that is the journey of success and high performance. So your feelings of disappointment come from your thoughts. And remember, a thought is a sentence in your brain. You are not responsible for anyone's feelings. Give yourself that permission slip. And disappointment is part of the process. You can't avoid it, 
So if you can't avoid it, you might as well embrace it and learn how to move through it because it's actually much more cost-effective, I would say. It's less costly to you. You get to choose how you respond to disappointment. So my friend, what do you choose? Which path do you go? All right. So if you want help with all that I'm talking about here on the show and you want to apply it into your life, I've got just the thing for you. Enough 2020. It's revised and updated. Go to howshereallydoesit.com forward slash enough and join us this year for your own transformation. Until next time, I'm smiling big for you. I have an awesome opportunity for you to save your brain juice. Go subscribe to this show in iTunes or whatever medium that you use. That way the show is always there waiting for you and you don't have to waste any precious brain juice to remember of, oh, I need to go find it. Where is it? Or wait for it to download. It'll be there waiting for you. Go hit subscribe. The link is in the show notes. On a lake, she is dreaming. She is drifting. Never been so wild.